0: What do you think future-wise for this team going into this next season with this offense in particular? You're adding in Jaheim Bell, the South Carolina transfer tight end. You also have Kyle Morlock. You're still sticking with Jordan Travis. you still got Trey Benson. You've got Lawrence tofila You've got Johnny Wilson and you have the wide receiver group out there. What do you think this offense has potential-wise for next season? Because we saw the capabilities that it had last year but now i just think now i just feel like it's gotten stronger and definitely looking at the offensive line and what coach atkins is doing
1: i mean i feel like they got the potential to win at all like we just got so many weapons we can hit you anyway anytime for real when everything's just falling in the right place hey guys it's terrence man you're listening to hear the spear presented by no game day go Dolls? hey what's up this is peter war aka he and the how so we're listening to hear the spear presented by no game day go live go nose hi this is charlie ward and you're listening to hear the spear go nose this is terrell buckley you're listening to hear the spear presented by no game day no bloody but
2: perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field deon primetime sanders
1: great. Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, bro? man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, Nose fans. This is former Seminole Derek
3: Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day.
2: James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State Die, and go Nose. William Barnum Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up?
0: What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from here. the sphere for the you by noelgaming.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fabulous Wednesday evening. It's even better this week because we have a former Seminole with us. Still a Seminole, kind of, but former, I guess you (laughs) could say, technically now. We've got former Florida State wide receiver star, Pokey Wilson, with us this evening. Pokey, we've been looking forward to this interview for now, I guess we can say, a couple months But welcome to Hear the Spear, and happy to have you on here this evening, my man.
1: What's up, everybody? I'm happy to be here.
0: Absolutely. So kind of go through a little bit, the transition. You have the season ending, and now you're going through training. How has that been for you? Where have you been training at? Kind of what is your process? We just had Cam McDonald on last week, and he says he shuts off the phone at 8 o'clock, and he's in bed. I don't know if I fully believe that, but... (laughs) How has the training been for you getting acclimated now and, and getting into the league and getting trying to figure that all out?
1: Uh everything has been pretty smooth or whatever. I had a little tropical bowl and I've been training out in Miami at Bomarito. I've just been focusing on like trying to gain weight, get stronger and faster for real.
0: Is there a certain weight that you're trying to get to?
1: I was trying to get like one eighty five ish, but I I, I got there. So I'm pretty good now.
0: Were you kind of around that range or less during the football season? Because I know guys will trim off weight naturally. During the season,
1: I was more around like 175, like on and off. Might lose five, gain five. You know how it is during them practices and stuff. For sure.
0: I was going to say it's got to be a little bit different now. I don't know if you got any kind of tips from Coach Storms or not, but – uh, You know, how was it being with Coach Storms and going through the strength and conditioning and continuing to try to put on size through your career?
1: Uh, everything with Coach Storms, uh, it was pretty much really fun. Like, he, he pushed us real hard, but, like, the work we was doing was more fun. So, we didn't look at it as work more than, like, having fun out there.
2: You mentioned uh, the Tropical Bowl a couple of minutes ago. You know, what was that experience like getting to compete against some other guys that are trying to get drafted? And, you know, you in particular was named as one of the standouts during that time.
1: Uh, I think it was pretty fun out there in Orlando. I met a lot of dudes that I probably think I would never met before. And we competed hard. I talked to uh, almost all the scouts after practices and stuff.
2: How did that go, I guess? What kind of feedback did they give you?
1: Uh, They pretty much were saying, like, I look fast or whatever, and, like, they want me to gain some weight and things like that.
0: Were you – I was talking with this with somebody the other day, were you one of the fastest guys you think last year because it showed uh, J Trav really liked going to you deep? Y'all two connected very well. We saw that in fall camp. You guys, I was like, yeah, Pokey and deep ball with J Trav, get ready for 2022. And that's exactly what went through. But you, you think you could you would you call yourself top three
1: fastest? Yeah, of course. I'm always <laughs> like, if you ask anybody that they'll say this they <laughs> stuff. Yeah. yeah.
0: I'm hoping so. I'm hoping you would say that because I, I got a lot to talk about with that LSU game and everything. But how is, uh, how is being out of college now? How does that feel you've been through in Tallahassee and everything? How How's that
1: vibe been? I mean, it really hasn't hit me for real, but it's hit me. Like, I'm still trying to adjust to it because, like, I was in the training phase for real. And now I'm really focused on Pro Day and things. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: and Pro Day obviously going to be held at Florida State. On Friday, what kind of things are you looking to display out there for NFL, sc- NFL scouts?
1: Uh, I just want to display speed and my ability to uh, track the ball and make these catches.
2: And obviously a place you're really familiar with, you know, getting a chance to compete with some of your former teammates like Cam McDonald and some other guys like that on Friday. What's that experience like for you, you know, getting one last opportunity to step onto the field with those guys?
1: Well, I'm just I think I'm just more ready. I wasn't really thinking about it that way. I was just trying to mm-hmm. like prepare mentally. Like with everybody watching and stuff. I ain't wanna just like think about I'm competing with my other teammates. I'm really trying to compete with myself.
0: Do sure. you know who will be throwing to you on Friday? Uh I
1: ain't really sure to be honest right now. <laughs> Yeah, I was wondering.
0: I was wondering about that. That's always one of my question marks because you'll see in different pro days, different colleges, that some quarterbacks will be throwing, some that are on the team that will play next season in college will be throwing. So was just wondering on that side of things. I want to jump back to this last season, which was massive. There's a lot of different storylines that I'd like to discuss. Let's start off. We all were there in New Orleans. Can you kind of take us through? You guys traveling over there and you're going to that big stadium and then you've got the huge turnout of the Florida State fan base. Were you expecting something like that to see these FSU fans travel as well, competing very well with the LSU fan base in New Orleans?
1: No, nah, I really wasn't expecting it. Like, I feel like we had more fans than they did and, like, it was pretty much sold out. Like, they had they had it rocking out there in the season dome for real.
2: It was a crazy atmosphere and obviously you made a lot of plays that night, seven catches, over a hundred yards, two touchdowns, including that, you know, the trick play to kind of get things started there in the first half. Um, what was you know, you you talked about playing in front of the sold out atmosphere, getting a chance to match up with L S U like that and kind of like a neutral site environment, you know, what was that moment like?
1: Uh really I didn't know what to expect at first. Like, it was being my first game of the season that I played because I I missed the first game versus Duquesne. Mm -hmm. So I just was happy to be out there for real. And then when the plays came to me, I just made them.
0: Yeah, speaking of plays being made, we have it as a thumbnail here for the podcast tonight. But that one-handed grab, man, we were all the way up in the press box, which was way too high, crazy high. We were practically where the ceiling was. So we couldn't (laughs) – we could see that you had the arm out and you came down with it, but didn't see the images that came out with some of the photographers, photographers and you had ESPN having a slow-mo w- with it. Take us through that moment, the play and everything. Was it fully designed for you to make that play? A lo- it seemed to be that way. J-Trap also took a big hit.
1: Yeah. Uh, I knew it was coming to me when J-Trap, he kind of looked at me and nodded, and I was like, yeah, I'm going to get this one, so. I seen that a dude was playing off man, and like I just ran as fast as I could for real. And Jay Trav just gave me the chance for real. Like I knew I was gonna catch it with one hand, but I just ain't know how I was gonna catch it. Cause and when the ball was in the air, he kind of grabbed my arm for real. And I was just like, I gotta have this one for real.
0: Yeah, I was, I was gonna say, did, um, what was your IG afterwards? Like, I always wonder <laughs> that about some athletes after they make a huge play. Like, your phone's got to be blown up definitely when you check back. Like, and you win the game, but still, the IG had to have been popping.
1: Yeah. Was, <laughs> I had jumped up a couple thousand followers. See? See? That's
0: what I'm saying, man.
2: But obviously, you know, one of those plays came off of a flea flicker. And we also, we also saw Mike Norvell get a little creative later on in the season when Wyatt Rector ended up throwing that touchdown pass to – Jordan Travis. I mean, what kind of trick plays have we not seen yet out of Mike Norbell?
1: I mean, it, almost every day at practice, we used to practice trick plays and two point plays. So it's plenty that we, y'all just haven't seen yet, but we've practiced them plenty of times.
0: I want to jump outside of that LSU game. Obviously, that gives y'all a nice jump. It seems like, okay, Florida State might be backs. heard from a couple of your. Former teammates saying the saying that that Florida State is ready to compete and play with the best and talent wise. I think for me that stood out was at Louisville, where you guys went up there. You have J Trav going down. You got Jared Verse going down. It felt like uh, you know, I don't know, something bad, just bad juju overall. This was a this was a night for where Florida State was supposed to lose this game, but y'all ended up responding and when it, Tate Rodemaker goes out there, he does his thing, and, you know, Johnny Wilson, too. Can you kind of take us through that night? Because we really haven't been able to talk with someone yet that can really run us through what that locker room was at halftime and then y'all going out there and performing that the way y- that y'all did.
1: I mean, honestly, nobody really, like, looked at it as, like, oh, we're going to lose this game or anything. It was just, like, we just going to keep fighting to the end so we kept fighting and ended up on top.
2: And a play that kind of went overlooked throughout the season, in my mind, was against North Carolina State. Towards the end of that first half, it was kind of like a special teams trick play, the punt return that Uh went to you, and you brought it back 51 yards to set up a field goal at halftime. And, you know, it kind of gets overlooked because you guys ended up losing that game, obviously. But, I mean, same thing. You know, these trick plays on special teams, was that something that was designed or did you guys see a formation that made you switch to that? I mean, how did that kind of work out?
1: Yeah, we had, that's another play we had been practicing for a couple of weeks or whatever. And like, it was the design to where we, we, we made everybody chase Michael to one side and like, cause we knew we kind of knew where the kicker was supposed to kick the ball at mm-hmm. by their formation. So we designed it where, we're going to make everybody taste Michael and think he getting the ball. But, really, I'm going to go pick it up, and I'm going to have a lot of green to run with.
2: It was a brilliant play. I mean, for a second, I thought you were going to bring it back for a touchdown.
1: <laughs> I said it, for real. <laughs> okay,
2: let's jump
0: back even further. Let's go to where Florida State Coach Dugan's You know, you're bringing in four wide receiver transfers, Pokey, and you're one of those guys that decided to stick around, could easily maybe entertain other places, and you stuck around and wanted to compete. And I think not only just compete, but you kind of helped lead that team. Can you take us through that and then your decision, obviously, to stay and do what you did this last season and getting getting to know Johnny, Deuce, uh, Micah, and Winston?
1: I mean, seeing the coach bringing a lot of players in at your position could kinda of get discouraging, but I ain't really look at it as that. I look at I looked at it as like, uh this is my chance to compete for real. But as I got to know them and stuff, like all them they are they pretty cool guys. All of them got their own special talents on the field and stuff. And I'm glad they came because the room wouldn't have been the same if they never came.
2: Yeah, it really seemed to rise the level of competition and seemed like you took on a leadership role as well. So just early on when those guys were kind of transitioning to Florida State, getting to know the offense a little bit, building chemistry with Jordan, how were you kind of helping
1: them out? I mean, at first, you know, Norvell, we got a kind of a complicated offensive playbook, so guys come and ask, ask me to help them with plays and stuff and we would, like go over plays and different ways to run routes and things. That's how we more we grew more as brothers in the receiver room than like we competing against each other, we competing with each other. hmm
0: Can you tell us about Jay Trav? When did you kinda get the feeling, you know, this this dude's special. Like there's something about him. What did it, when did that maybe hit you during your career at Florida State?
1: Uh, it was like I forget exactly what game it was, but it was one game. J. Trail came in, he scored, he scored like three touchdowns. Something it was like, and he and we won too. Like he brought us back and we won. It was like, yeah, he, he might be something crazy for real. Was, and then just watching him develop more and more, he getting more scary every year. And everyone
2: sees what he does on the field, obviously, you know, developing to a standout player across college football this past season. But how much has he grown grown as a leader, you know, as well for you guys
1: over the last couple of years? Yeah, uh, Jay Trev, he was more of like a lead by example type of dude, but now he's gotten more to where he's a vocal leader and like guys really – it's easy to follow him. He's a pretty good leader.
0: Going on the other side of the ball, let's talk some defense here. We got to see him during this last spring camp, and got to see what he brought to the team and the energy. Wise, Jared Verse is he a guy that uh, like to irritate you guys a little bit during practices? Because we we were, you know, Norvell allows us to see a majority of practices through the season, definitely through camp. So it, it gives us a great utilization to come on here and bring out some good coverage for you guys. But Jared Verse seemed like he was one that liked to. Know amp it up a little bit even before practices, talking trash.
1: Yeah, he always talking trash, like no matter what he at, he's gonna be loud and talking trash. Like, you know. was he's it good for you guys back. though, like yeah.
0: the, like competitive yeah. wise, did it kind of up it up a
1: little bit? Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, him coming in, like he was a really high motor guy in practice and practicing stuff, it's it just making the O line step up more.
2: I wanted to ask you about two younger guys on the roster that. It looks like they're going to play bigger roles for Florida State in 2023, and that's uh, Darion Williamson and also Kentron. You know, they've made some plays early on in their careers, but trying to maybe be a little bit more consistent now moving forward. So just what are, what are some of your thoughts on them after working with them the, the last couple of years?
1: Yeah, uh, Darion and Tron, they always been pretty – like they always show flashes of what they can do. But I feel like this year probably is probably going to really be the year for both of them to just – go out there and take off for real.
0: You know, I want to talk Winston right here too. He's a guy that's been available during camp making plays he, on Saturday, caught a touchdown pass from AJ Duffy. Uh, you know, what about him makes him special? Cause I keep, you know, whenever I'm discussing with Ron Dugans, he talks about his heart and the guy that will work hard, put his head down and grind. What's, what kind of stood out to you early on building your relationship with Winston?
1: I mean, with the injury that he went through and just watching him be able to come and work every day and show up to uh, treatment and recovery every day and still come to practice and clap us on, like, it's hard to go through that and still have the motivation to just want to still be out there with us. So, like, I really salute him for that because I've been through an injury, too, and, like, that can really bring you down sometimes.
2: I wanted to ask about Coach Dugan's. You know, what's it been like learning for him over the last couple of years? Obviously, you were able to play with or learn under him for uh, four years, and you led FSU in receiving in 2020 and 21, just put together a really good senior season as well. So what was it like learning from him, and what's that relationship like?
1: Uh, Being able to learn from someone who played here and, like, kind of showing the ropes. Like, we built a very... Uh, close relationship like I I went and talked to him today we had a great conversation like he said he always saw something in me but and like he he always ordered me to wear his number when I tried to change my numbers or something like this is legendary number you got to keep it (laughs) that's huge
0: man I think that's that's something special I mean, it seems like y'all had a good bond and that's something Ron Dugans is, we we've heard from him multiple times about how close he gets with his wide receivers. I go back to thinking, you know, Lawrence Dossy, former FSU wide receivers coach had also had really close relationships with his players. Uh, like Dustin was talking about Kentron Portier. He had one of his biggest days yesterday coming down with a nice grab, you know, what do you think? future-wise for this team going into this next season with this offense in particular, you're adding in Jaheim Bell, the South Carolina transfer tight end. You also have Kyle Morlock. You're still sticking with Jordan Travis. You still got Trey Benson. You've got Lawrence Tofila. You've got Johnny Wilson and you have the wide receiver group out there. What do you think this offense has potential-wise for next season? Because we saw the capabilities that it had last year. But now I just think now I just feel like it's gotten stronger and definitely looking at the offensive line and what Coach Atkins is doing.
1: I mean, I feel like they got the potential to win at all. Like we just got so many weapons. We can hit you anyway, anytime for real when everything's just falling in the right place.
2: I kind of wanted to go all the way back because you spent six years at Florida State, you know, originally signed with FSU in that 2017 class out of Turner County. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but you mostly played defensive back uh, in high school and, you know, obviously ended up switching to receiver once you did did get to Tallahassee. But you kind of came alongside uh, Tamori Terry in that 2017 class. I believe you didn't get the offer until, you know, January of that year when you signed in February. So I guess just going back a little bit, can you take us through that story, how it all got started with Florida State?
1: Uh, I think one they came to like a basketball game or some or some, and like they was watching us, and then I think maybe like a month or two after that they came back, and uh they sat down with us and they, was like, they were like they're offering me and I was I was just like so surprised I was like I'm going down the spot like I was gonna commit or whatever, but uh, I played. Yeah, I played corner lead leading up to it. And in my first year, I redshirted that corner down and ended up switching to receiver because we was like lower receivers that was on scholarship that spring or something. And it just turned out pretty good for me. I guess you could say that.
2: Yeah, you can. not yeah, think so. <laughs> Can't say that a little bit. But, you know, you, you talked about it briefly. But, you know, you're a guy who's went through some adversity, you know, having to play under three head coaches – multiple offensive coordinators, I guess, through the whole six years, all these different switches and everything. You know, why did you decide to stick with Florida State?
1: Uh, I mean, I just felt like it was home here. Everybody have their thoughts about maybe thinking about transferring and stuff, but I really thought that I can just stick it out here. I've been here long enough. Maybe i just stick it out one more year. And everything that God has for me is going to happen.
0: Let's talk about your former head coach, Mike Norvell. I'm sure you've seen him since getting back in Tallahassee. Uh, what, what's it, what was it like playing for Mike Norvell to you? Because we had Cam McDonald on last week talk about his high energy. Jamie also saying, you know, he feels <laughs> like he's crazy. Like, where's the caffeine coming from and everything? And Cam said Mike told him, Coach Norrell told him that he doesn't have any caffeine, doesn't drink any caffeine. Not sure if you believe that, Pokey, but just overall, what was your time like playing for Coach Norrell? Can you tell us a little bit about him?
1: I mean, it was a great time playing for him. He's a he, he's hard coach, but he always had the same energy anytime. so like, it's not like you're not expecting it or something. It could be five in the morning, he's yelling and up like, good morning! Like, you just know what to expect with him every time. Every day, he's very consistent. You I enjoy playing for him.
2: You think he was a little bit harder on you guys since he played wide receiver in college?
1: Yeah, he was definitely hard on the receivers. And we ran the most in practice. And he and like he going to tell us, we need to run full speed, run faster, all this. <laughs> it, it was fun, though. He talk his junk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was gonna ask you too. This is gonna be the toughest question of the night, but fa- favorite food spot in Tallahassee. Favorite food spot, if you could pick right now, where would you go in tally?
1: I mean, uh, my one of my favorite go tos is Gut Like you can never go wrong with Gut But I also like Burrito Border. That's like one of my favorites, and Hip Hop Chicken. That's another good one. Yeah. Okay. Uh like Monty's pizza that's a good one. Let's get out. Now, boneless,
0: boneless or bone-in for wings? This might be this. <laughs> I need I need I'm trying to get a trend here.
1: Uh bone-in.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much, Pokey. I knew I liked you. I knew I liked you. I want to go back to Orlando and y'all getting that 10th win. We've had a f- few former guys come on here. You know, Jamie talked about Cam that 10 wins was huge to you guys and y'all were talking about it a ton after practices and when, when we were interviewing y'all uh you know what did that mean specifically to you because i look back at cam and you know i've been a ton y'all both riding together throughout y'all's career at florida state what did it means specifically to you to get that 10 win and add on to the list of a couple of teams that have been able to do that
1: i mean being my last year playing here at fsu and, again, having a 10-win season, being able to go out with a bang, it was just special for me because, like, being there – I got there when uh, it was, like, coming down off of being a very good team. And I went through the ups and then the downs and the ups. And then be able to end off on the up just felt really good. How big was it for you – because I believe it
2: was the first time during your college career this 2022 season for you guys to defeat both Florida and Miami – in the same year. So just to end your career, not only with a cheez Bowl, but also, you know, taking down two of Florida State's primary rivals,
1: how important was that? Yeah, that was, that was nice too. We got, we actually had got balls for that, stand like the state championship. And I think we, we, I think we were supposed to get rings also mm-hmm. because we won like the state of Florida. got to make sure they get those to you. Yeah. Where the ring,
0: where they at, where they at, uh, you know, which one did you like playing against the most? was there anyone that like you didn't like more or are they the same
1: uh I think I disliked Florida more and then like I liked playing against miami more like mm-hmm. mm. what was
0: what was the vibe like in the or not in the locker room, but on the sideline whenever y'all were torching? Miami, let's be honest here. I mean, that I haven't been able to cover a game like that for Florida State in a while, definitely against a rival, where I'm just kind of just sitting there like, this thing is over, dog, and we're at the halftime mark. But just how was it on the sideline for you guys?
1: Like, everybody was just having fun, for real. Like, we kept we watching the stadium, like, empty, like, slowly. Like, all their fans leaving and all our fans still here. But it, it was fun. It was a good time.
2: And I guess with that, going to the Florida game, you know, seeing the fans rush the field, rush uh, Doe Campbell Stadium after you guys beat the Gators, um, something that hadn't happened in, I mean, quite some time. What were you
1: thinking just seeing all those people flood onto the field? I I literally took so many pictures I can't even, I couldn't even count. Like I was I was kind of stuck on the field between so many people. And I couldn't get off. Like, I never seen Dope get flooded before. That that was a great experience, though.
2: (laughs) And I've got to ask, I think the only other guy on the team this past season that had been there since 2017 was uh, Leonard Warner. So, I mean, going through the years with him, you know, what was their relationship like with him, another guy that had been at Florida State for a while?
1: Me me and Leonard, it was real cool and close. With both of us being from Georgia, but we always talked about, like, how much everything has changed and, like, everybody gone, we the last ones here. We got to hold it down and stuff like that.
0: Pokey, there's Troop here on YouTube asking, how was how it growing up in South Georgia
1: for you? For me, I, I grew up in, like, the country, so it really wasn't much to do besides so play sports for. <laughs>
0: I was gonna say it's not much of a crazy change going from South Georgia down to Tallahassee. I would yeah. say scenery wise, not much of a difference. Not much of a difference there. Uh, I've only got one or two left. I'm gonna jump into this upcoming season for FSU. Who do you think we should maybe start keeping an eye on? Some guys from last year, maybe some younger guys. I know we've already talked about Kentron Portier, but even outside of your unit, you know, your wide receiver, so you're going against DBs all the damn time. Is there anybody that, you know, across that team and that board that we should probably be keeping a close eye on going into that 2023 season?
1: You saying uh, receiver-wise? Or- it can be
0: it can be a receiver or it can be a DB, someone that gave you a hard time. You know, we, we've been hearing good things about Grady Vance and spring camp right yeah. now.
1: Uh, I'd say at receiver, of course, Tron, uh, Johnny, uh, Winston, and Deuce and Darion, and then at corner who who I used to compete the most with is probably uh, Renardo and Greedy all the time. They're going to be pretty standout players.
2: I wanted to ask, uh, you know, obviously we've talked about it, but you spent a long time at Florida State. So, I mean, just looking back at your career, are there any specific memories that you're going to look back on, you know, 10, 20 years from now that you're really just going to cherish?
1: Uh, one of my favorite memories was like my first touchdown versus, uh NC state. I, I think I'm always remember that. And then of course, the 10 win season, I'm remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I've got one last one. And sadly, it's not going to be the most important one, but to me it is. And maybe some of our listeners, Since you're a veteran guy, you went through and had this career at Florida State, you have the most intel with this answer, I think. Best uniform combination, Pokey. I need to know it because I know, you know, y'all take the photo shoots and everything, but if
1: favorite one. Uh, I'm going to have to go with, like, the all-white with the white helmets or either all-black with the black helmets. See, that's
2: what they need to be –
0: yeah, I like that combo.
2: Yeah, I guess just to end it off, uh, one thing, you know, I know we talked about Coach Dugans earlier, and, you know, I'm not not sure how much you were looking at social media during your time at Florida State, but he was a guy that got a lot of criticism leading up to the 2022 season because of the wide receivers and stuff. But then it really changed this past year with you and some of the transfers coming in and some of the young guys as well starting to step up and and develop. So, I mean, I guess just to see him prove everyone wrong, what it – What does that mean to you? And, you know, what does it say about what he's doing at
1: Florida State? Uh, I was just happy to be a part and um, be able to help him show everybody that, like, we really got a receiver room over here. We just haven't been able to show up.
0: I, I like asking this, and we'll let you go after this. I always like asking guys before they're going into pro day, getting ready to get ready for the draft and everything that comes with it. You watch the NFL. What, what do you? Which offense or which team do you think you would fit best with, with your talents? Because I know we were talking the production meeting. You've always you've got that speed and everything, and I can already come off a couple teams in my head of where you would be able to utilize your talents at. But which team specifically, if there's one that stands out to you, Pokey, where you think you fit the most?
1: I mean. I- I ain't really got nothing about him specifically, but i I probably like fit somewhere like the Chiefs or like the Dolphins or something like that. That's literally
0: the two teams I was thinking of, so that works out perfectly. <laughs> I think you're a talented guy. You represent Florida State very well. You're definitely a fan favorite here, and it was a pleasure to have you on the show with us, and we're looking forward to continuing to cover you throughout your career once you get to the next level. So I uh, appreciate you wish you the best of luck on pro day on Friday Mm -hmm. healthy as all get out moving forward. So pokey, appreciate you hopping on here to spear with us this evening.
1: All right. Thank you for having me. Thanks, man.
0: Well, that was a great interview there with former FSU wide receiver, pokey Wilson. VZ Austin asked all the hard hitting questions for us. So you allowed Luke, me was, and I was Dustin a, to relax.
3: I was going to read up the Miami game and then y'all brought it up as soon as I was going to say something. So I was like, okay. You could uh, have hopped uh, in there be, and
2: interjected your point. Oh, yeah.
0: I
3: would you didn't give it. me the chance. It's okay.
2: A good
0: little interruption. I wouldn't mind. I've been fine with me. It's all That'd good. Been no problem. It's okay, though. Thank you for allowing me and Dustin to get our shine and time there on the show. But uh, yeah, good stuff there for Pokey uh you know i thought it was good of him talking about renardo and greedy those two guys gonna be standouts in this uh, next season and and showing right now in camp i believe so far
2: yeah both those guys have looked pretty good so far and and obviously mentioning kentron who i would say has potentially been the most consistent well right up there with all day dre one of the most consistent (laughs) wide receivers through the first half of camp i mean it's been a a pretty interesting one so far for Florida State especially at the skill positions I mean you're seeing so much competition and I mean you can say the same thing about the offensive and defensive line this has been a very competitive camp for Florida State it's gotten chippy at sometimes I think that's for the betterment of, of the team
0: 100% and that's what we're going to talk about here in just a few but before we do that Uh, Let me go ahead and run through some other crap that I always need to go through. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google play Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, we would definitely appreciate it. If hit the like button, subscribe allows for this video to get out there to some more FSU fans. Y'all really smacked the like button on our last video. So that, helped bring up the views and allows for a lot more commentators to come on here and bring up some good comments. So appreciate everybody tuning in to last week's podcast, but let's start jumping into some quick hitters of the week, and then we'll get into some scrimmage scoop and practice observations. Florida state lost a starting defensive end yesterday on Tuesday with veteran defensive player, Derek McLendon. This was something that Didn't shock anybody at this time of this week because there had been some rumors and some chatter going around going around, also not viewing him at a few of Florida State events, stirred it up even more, but Florida State is gonna lose one of their defensive ends on the opposite side of Jared Verse. What's your take on this one, D Lou? You know, I think FSU fans, it's a mix of it's not a nightmare, nor is it a great situation where you're trying to shut off some guys off of the scholarship account. You know, to me, this isn't, I mean, we weren't expecting this going into spring camp. You know, we were expecting to see Derek McClendon play this next year. And I have my take on it, but D'Lo, your first reaction.
2: Definitely unexpected. Like you said, I don't think this was anything that Florida state was considering going into the spring. I mean, we just heard Derek McClendon speak to the media, uh, the the first Friday of camp, you know, after practice three, the first time they were, and full pads. And then Florida state went on that spring break. And whenever they came back to practice, Derek McClendon was not with the team. We couldn't say that at the time because we're not allowed to report on availability and stuff for, for players. But now that he's no longer with the team, I think it's important to bring up that he hasn't been around now, you know, for over a week leading up to uh, his departure from Florida state. And I mean, it just really depends how you look at it. Cause obviously Jared Verse is coming back for another year. He's been looking terrific in spring camp so far, better than last year, which could be scary for college football. Um, Across from him, you've got Patrick Payton, the uh, ACC defensive rookie of the year who, despite playing less snaps than Derek McClendon, had a better statistical performance than him last year. And, I mean, I think you're just thinking Payton is going to continue to grow. You know, he was only two years into the program, whereas McClendon was at year four, um last year and then you've got a guy coming in from South Carolina who started to break out in 2022 and Gilbert Edmond who has started to assimilate himself well and Byron Turner a youngster coming up a guy who's been set back by injuries but has some real athletic talents and seems like he could develop into something at Florida State maybe not starter level this year but someone that could get to the back end of that rotation so I mean I think Derek McLennan just saw that maybe he didn't have a clear chance or a clear starting role in spring practice. He was going to really have to compete with those guys, Patrick Payton and Gilbert Edmond in particular, you know, after starting 12 games a season ago. And, you know, instead he's going to look for an opportunity where he knows what he's going to get out of the gate.
3: And it's coming on the heels of rumors, not rumors, but reports that Patrick Payton's the most improved guy on the roster this spring. He's just, the flash he's been showing coming off of last season, it, it, it makes sense from McClendon's point of view, but at the same time, you don't want to lose that kind of depth. It's going to be interesting to see yeah. if a guy like Byron Turner can break in that four-man rotation because, yeah, it, it's, it's good to have three pass rushers with, with Edmund, Peyton, and Verse, but just, you, you want one more guy there just in case of injury and hopefully doesn't get there, but it's a big loss for depth.
2: That's, the, that's the potential issue now for Florida State with Derek McClendon heading on out uh, that depth issue because you've got three guys who are essentially proven in verse Peyton and Edmund. We're going to see how things go for um, Turner here throughout the rest of the spring camp and obviously over the summer and everything. But then you look at the defensive tackle unit and you've got a guy like Dennis Briggs who's been flexing between D-tackle and D-end over the last couple of years at Florida State. So he's got some experience on the outside. Um, Braden Fisk, it seems like he's got the capability – to play some defensive end as well. So I think it's really going to be a situational thing for Florida State, and at some point we'll see some of these guys who are playing the three technique flex to the outside to uh, help FSU out at defensive end. And I mean, we we might even see some things where FSU goes three defensive tackles on the field. You know, they, they're really going to have to stretch the depth uh, in that defensive line room, and I think it helps that you've got so many capable bodies on that interior. Yeah, going
0: to the beginning of the discussion, this was – a shock to us, you know, boots on the ground. Everybody, the outlets covering Florida State, we weren't expecting this to be the cause. Gilbert Edmond coming in. Oh, my God, someone's got to go. Who's going to who is it going to be? That will never was a thought process for us. And, you know, I think things internally happen, miscommunication maybe. And then there's also there's playing time. But the thing to me is Derek McLennan was going to play a lot of football for Florida State next season. Yeah. I mean, that, that was just going to be the case. And the good part about having Derek McLennan on your team, he was a guy that was able to stay healthy and you know, that he was gonna be able to trot out there on Saturdays, but you know, he's not at the magnitude talent wise of a Jared verse, but this is what happens now. And I, you know, wishing Derek McLennan the best, he was one of the, my favorite guys to interview at, at Florida state and, you know, and to see where his next opportunity is going to be. But, you know, this is kind of the standard now at Florida state where, you know, minor he's going to bring in guys. And if you're not willing to just go ahead and, and compete and keep your spot or whatever it is, I think there was not even more of playing time as much, but more of just recognition. And that to me is just a personal thing that if you're on a football team and what minor is trying to change culture wise, that's just not going to fit. I'm sorry. that I just, not going to work, and what Mike Bell is trying to do to change that locker room—it's about the opposite of what Mike is wanting to have, and the more in their locker room right now. So, um, you know, I don't think it's a nightmare, nor do I think it's a great thing. We're going to have to see some guys step up, like Byron Turner. I think there's a—he's he, got to make that next jump. There's flashes here and there, but he hasn't hit that magnitude of what Pat Payton hit this last spring. He's got—he's got more work to do. I'm—I'm I'm, I'm keeping my close eye on Gilbert Edmond. I. Looking at him in practices, I thought he moves he, – I think he's the most athletic one in that room, in my opinion. Um, and we'll just see how he works into the scheme-wise, Dustin. But you, we've been able to see him. You're now seeing him every day almost. You know, he's he's got a skill set
2: and just and tries to see where Florida State's going to utilize him at. For sure. And, I mean, I don't want to mitigate the loss of McClendon because this was a guy that started last year, has really done his part over the last couple of years to – develop and develop himself into someone that could play a role on Florida State's defense a year ago. And, I mean, at the very least was going to be a high contributor for FSU off the bench this season as part of that four-man defensive end rotation. But I think when you're seeing this, when you've got a guy that's being developed like Patrick Payton and you got a guy out of the transfer portal like Jared Verse last year and Edmund this year, I mean, that just says to me that Florida State is going in the right direction. You know, it sucks that McClendon, who's been here for four years – got passed up but I mean when you look at those other three guys the potential there um, for what they're going to be able to do on the field in 2023 is obviously a lot higher than maybe what McClendon can offer Florida State so to me that just says the program's getting in higher quality players that have higher ceilings that are going to get Florida State to success quicker Well, we'll continue to see and you know, evaluate
0: some of these guys that are gonna have to take that next step in the room. There's definitely some youngsters in there, but you know, they're I'm not looking at Lamont Green, I'm not looking at Boots Jr. to jump in and see playing time as much in 2023. So, you know, I'm looking straight at you, Edmund, looking straight at you, Byron Turner. I gotta see it. And no, it's great to hear from Mike Norvell talking about like VZ said with Pat Payton. you know, they've been naming him the most improved player this spring. And that's huge for Florida state. And definitely if you're going to be losing your starter on the other side, so we'll see what ends up happening. And I think it's time for guys to take that next step and it's plain and simple now. And I'm sure Mike Norvell has told him that.
2: Yep. And also just don't forget the transfer portal. Cause it is hard to find a coveted edge rusher in the transfer portal, especially with how they're doing it now with the, the windows. I think the spring window is only going to be 15 days or so for mm-hmm players to be able to declare their intentions into the portal. They can still join a program outside of that window, but they've got to declare while they're in that window, unless they're a grad transfer like McClendon who can enter the portal right now. It's still, still a little confusing. Still trying to grasp it all together. So, but Florida state, depending on what happens here, the rest of spring practice, they could potentially kick the tires on a couple of guys that are in the portal, explore their options. But you, you've got to remember, I mean, they're probably looking for someone to come in as A part of that rotation, rather than someone just coming in to take a a starting spot, seems like it's going to be hard to supplant a guy like Jared Verse and also Patrick Payton, who's coming on extremely strong. Florida State wrapped. Nailed it. Sorry, right as I said it, you nailed it. I said that right as Tom like submitted that. So it's
0: honestly beautiful, beautiful, perfect. Uh, Florida state wrapped up their first scrimmage of spring ball on Saturday morning. D Lou, we heard from minor bell along with Florida state's top assistants afterwards. Uh, overall the vibe and everything. If you guys are in our discord, you got a lot of, a lot of scoop and nuggets from that. And, you know, listening to minor bell afterward, you know, talking about a few of the players, including AJ Duffy, who had a, Probably the best quarterback on the field on Saturday. Also, Rodney Hill, Vandravius Jacobs continuing to do his thing. And then Winston Wright catching that touchdown pass. You know, I think this is exactly what Mike wanted to see. At least at least when he was specifically talking about Rodney Hill. Let's start off there with Hill. Cause D you've been high on him since the beginning. Him coming on, putting on some size since arriving at Florida State this last year. What, you know. I think what Mike specifically was trying to tell us, like he, he really wanted to test Rodney Hill in this scrimmage and run him, give him a lot of opportunities to see how he was going to understand the playbook. And also, you know, what kind of defensive schemes he was going to go against and the holes that he was needing to hit. But to see the strides over a hundred yards rushing from what I was told, multiple touchdowns, have a day, man, have a day. And we see the flashes in practice. Dustin, but whenever you see it in a scrimmage going against Florida State's defense, defensive line that has been showing out so far in camp, it's a wonderful sign, but almost a harder thing for Coach Yak and Mike Norvell to
2: figure out their running back rim going into 2023. Rodney Hill primed for a breakout campaign this upcoming fall, right there in the battle to replace Trishon Ward in the rotation alongside uh, Trey Trey Benson and and Lawrence Toafili, and One thing that's interesting to me, and you know, Logan, me and you saw it last year during the fall, but Rodney Hill, he's always live contact. He doesn't get a green jersey like Trey Benson and Lawrence O'Filly normally wear green. So that means basically as soon as the defense touches them during team drills, the whistle's blown, the play's dead, they're not really taking a lot of contact. But then you've got a guy like Rodney Hill who's out there and you know, he's allowed to be hit, taken to the ground. So He's used to it when you get him into a real live scenario in one of these competitive scrimmages and also a guy going into his second spring now at Florida State. He's getting more comfortable in this offense. You mentioned he's putting on weight. He's getting better in that strength and conditioning program. I mean, he's he's doing everything that you want to see out of uh, maybe the next running back that breaks out under Mike Norvell
0: which you love to see it definitely in that running back room where production is always heavy in Mike Norvell's offense. Uh, you know, let's jump over to, to AJ Duffy, which that was one of our conversations on here, guys, when we were going through our previews for the spring, we needed to see AJ Duffy have that jump there. And it seems like it's headed in that direction. And definitely whenever you're hearing, you know, scoop from scrimmages and him making plays, putting balls on the money and able to, Go down and have scoring drives. Uh, him to have a day like that is definitely impressive for Florida State. You know, Rodent Maker having an up and down day. You also have Brock Glenn in there too, a true freshman, from which I was told, you know, it was a true freshman day. I know Minor Norvell giving some praise to him and, and and some different 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 ways, but that was. Still want to emphasize I was a true freshman going against a lot of good players on the defensive side of the ball. So there was a wake up call a few times. But overall, the best quarterback on the field on Saturday morning was A.J. Duffy. I
2: think it's big for A.J. and his confidence kind of moving forward because we've seen him during practice last year in particular, you know, really struggle at times, whether it's, you know, making the correct read or just doing something and then drawing the ire of Mike Norvell or. Tony Tokars, you know, and having discussions with Jordan Travis. So I think this, this sophomore season, I mean, we've discussed it a lot. This is huge for him with Brock Glenn right there, breathing down his heels. I believe Glenn is still the only quarterback who's yet to throw an interception so far through spring camp. And, you know, obviously he may be working against more of the reserves and maybe a guy like Jordan Travis, but to me, that still says something about his ability to take care of the football. I think he did throw one during the scrimmage on Saturday, but it was called back um, due to a penalty. So it's huge for AJ Duffy to have another guy who's really close in years to him, you know, Brock Glenn only one year behind to be there on his heels and pushing him. And I think it's bringing the best out of Duffy um, so far, you know, we've talked about it before he came into spring camp and in, in really good shape. He's still having some good moments during practices, but I think it's just more about the consistency now, you know, doing it rep by rep instead of a couple times at practice. And I mean, he's slowly, getting there and we're just gonna have to continue to see how it goes uh, as he competes with tate Rodemaker for that backup job one thing that i think is great for
0: duffy it's it's brock glenn and you can bring in a freshman quarterback that's fine cool you have that in there in your room and yeah you got competition but i think the work ethic that brock glenn has came in with that competitive energy him also being an early leader we saw that and just tour of duty he's picking up He's picking up, was it Jeremiah Byers? He's over here trying to get uh, Keandre Jones, Auburn offensive line transfer. He's trying to get him to, you know, stay energetic to kind of go through the drills and everything to see that from a true freshman and talking to some of these older guys like that, you know, you know, A.J. Duffy's hearing that. Absolutely. And so that's going to put someone, you know, on your heels type deal, obviously, you know, you know, ways ahead, I think, too. In a lot of different ways but still just to see brocklin coming in with that attitude is has got to be good for aj duffy to continue to push him and not allow him to be settled that's something mike norvell does not like he does not want these guys to feel comfortable and that's just not how it's going to work definitely in in any kind of camp specifically spring and most importantly um you know just a few notes here that i have to fabian love it being fabian love it having a nice day disrupting i know he got he got a sack, and Mike Norvell absolutely loved it, um, laying down some hits. Uh, anything else that really stood out to you, Dustin, whenever we were hearing getting some intel from that spring camp that you are like, mm, okay, something to keep an eye on? I know we keep on talking about Vandrevious Jacobs, and you know we'll probably talk about him here in the observations, but he's a kid that is – on a stride right now of consistency and you look at Hiking Williams where he has his flashes ups and downs, but that's still a freshman coming into a system. It's just Von Dravius Jacobs is kind of on a roll right now. But once again he impressed and it happened to be in his first scrimmage as a college wide receiver.
2: Believe he got a touchdown, right?
0: Yep, sure did.
2: Not a bad bad really impressive
0: catch too. Really, really impressive
2: catch. He's been showing up day by day. I mean even yesterday on Tuesday you had him go up and make an insane catch at one-on-ones. He had a DB pulling on the back. He was pulling away um, on a deep route. The DB saw that he was getting free, yanked on the back of his jersey, threw throughout the flag for pass interference immediately. And, I mean, despite that, Dre comes down with an insanely acrobatic catch. Uh, if Kentron Pointer, Poitier wouldn't have made an even better one a couple of minutes later, that probably would have been the play of the day at practice yesterday, but... I would say another thing that stood out to me during the scrimmage is there was some real defensive dominance at times Uh, going back, you know, through what we were told, Florida State's defense recorded, looked like at least eight sacks on the day. Um, Byron Turner and Lamont Green Jr. were two of those guys to come away with sacks. I mean, it's just been the story of the first half of camp, I feel like, is Florida State's talent on the defensive line. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, particularly the interior of that defensive line, there's really six to eight guys that, I think, could push for playing time in 2023. And you're starting to see some of those guys like Patrick Payton come on really strong and consistently off the edge. And that really just makes for a mismatch against Florida State's offensive line. You know, we're still seeing some really good battles, but as both sides go deeper into their respective units, um, the defensive line is definitely winning. Or, you know, when you go first-team defense against second-team or third-team offense, you can, you can tell there's um, a little bit of a gap between the two.
0: Just to end it off, a guy also having a big day who had a 50-plus-yard touchdown run, over 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the day, C.J. Campbell. I think it's going to be hard for Florida State to keep him off the field. I We talked to Rodney Hill earlier. You got to add in C.J. Campbell, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think if, if C.J. Campbell didn't have that injury last year, he would have been playing quite a bit for FSU last season. How are, I mean – First, great day. I mean, he did this kind of last year. He's one of the Spring of the Kings type of guys, just like Treshawn Ward was. Spring of the King? Huh? Spring of the King? Spring King? King King, King of the – I said King of the Spring. That's not what you said. Spring of the King. No, you definitely
3: said Spring of the Kings.
0: (laughs) Spring of the Kings. He's one of the Spring of the Kings guys Mm -hmm. out there. But, no, I think it's going to be tough to get C.J. Campbell off the field i don't i don't know how, like how i don't know how coach yak is gonna do it you got trey benson rodney hill and then you know you're not you're just kind of just gonna forget about lawrence to so philly i don't know that they're in a tough spot in my opinion I'm, i'll be interested to see what happens after this spring and there is going to be some attrition with this guy with some of this team i don't know i, I just think cj campbell's ultra talented i think he's florida state's best pass catcher out of the backfield there's my there, I know a lot of people say – funny you say that
2: because right here in our notes we have – but he also dropped a pass that would have gone for a big play. Was that in the scrimmage? Yeah, that was in the scrimmage.
0: I think his 100-yard – We got that right here 30. in
2: our notes. It said it would have gone for 30-plus yards, but he dropped it. Oh, crap. He couldn't get 130 <laughs> yards. I was just going to bring up that Gamble. he scored two touchdowns, but that he needs to be a better Dustin receiver.
0: Dustin Lewis hates C.J. Campbell. Make sure you all clip it and put it on there cj campbell's super impressive like if you were looking just just because he's not a scholarship player at least that we haven't been told since it never becomes public until we specifically ask but um cj campbell if you looked at him you would say top two just impressive wise the guy that how he practices and everything that dude is crisp he looks good when he runs and he's a great pass catcher i think he's the best in the and in florida state's backfield
2: I will, again, refer to the note that we have here. But, anyway, C.J. Campbell, last year, whenever we were watching him during the offseason, spring practice and uh, fall camp before he got injured, it really seemed like he was going to be the next Trishon Ward story, you know, walk on to scholarship player who goes on to have some extreme success at Florida State. And, I mean, that's still a possibility. I agree He's he's been one of the backs that's been pretty good in camp so far, also one of the guys – who's live. So, you know, you get to see him actually go up against contact. We've also wrote, wrote down here, uh, Kaizia Holmes had a couple flashes in the scrimmage as well. So, I mean, Florida state's backfield, once again, despite losing Ward who has been a very consistent contributor for Florida state over the past two seasons, um, the backfield still primed to have a lot of success in 2023. And honestly, that's without seeing a ton of live reps from Trey Benson and, Lawrence Toa Philly so far. I think you're muted, buddy. It has got real quiet. Oh, well,
0: I wish VZ would jump in there and give us a little scoop from his point of view. But what he's you going to say? CJ Campbell he went two he weeks dead. off. We got to use that voice, VZ. Two weeks off.
2: So, well, I
3: mean, satellite can't be a practice. I'm sorry.
0: I'm not at him. I'm not at him. I'm just going. I read off of Dustin's observations now and i ask a couple people maybe a little bit more details but dustin he's not reading your articles
2: you're not reading them either i don't believe <laughs> that's, my, that's my point <laughs> well
0: maybe i don't need them i don't know. uh but yeah I think it's going to be tough to get C.J. Campbell off that field in 2023. So we'll see what Coach Yak and Florida State's going to do with him there. Let's go through some observations here, and then we'll get two-minute basketball talk, and then we're out of here. Observations from Tuesday's practice, Dustin. It was a rainy one, but I I love Jared Verse. You know, I I can't wait to get him back on here because – I was giving him all of his roses and I gave him way too early and I bought the stock at the low end and it, it rose so fast. And now I feel like I'm a multimillionaire off of it. Dustin, I'll be honest with you, but Jared verse rainy day, you know what he does? He brings energy. You know, I, I think he knew guys didn't want to practice crappy day out no one wants to be out there whatsoever but what does he do he makes it a little bit chippy brings the energy and the practice ends up being better than maybe what they had imagined or thought it would be and you get some good competition you get some good battles jaheem bell versus jared verse can you take us through let's start off with the good stuff first let's start off in the trenches d can you tell us about jared verse and jaheem bell when went down what went down
2: give us the scoop so i got to kind of create the picture here but So, obviously, different periods are in practice. Florida State, um, whenever they do kind of like individual periods, at some point they'll have the offensive line and the defensive line match up um, for kind of like run blocking drills. It's like three offensive linemen against two defensive linemen, or you'll have three offensive linemen and a tight end go against two defensive linemen. And a linebacker. So it got to that point where towards the end of the drills, they had the tight ends and linebackers come up and get involved. They were all going at it. Um, You had Jaheim Bell matched up against true freshman Lamont Green Jr. And Bell drove back Green Jr. a little bit during during the first rep and, you know, might have said a little something extra to him, pushed him through the whistle. Regardless, there was a little bit of chippiness there, you know, maybe a couple shoves back and forth. And then Jared Verse steps in, and it seemed like he didn't like Bell going at his uh, true freshman defensive end over there, and he pretty much told him line up against me. And I was watching, you know, from about ten feet away, and I was like, "Oh man, Verse is probably about to dominate right here." And I, I guess I, I shouldn't have thought that because off the snap, I mean, Bell just drives Verse back, nearly puts him on his back, and just the whole offense, the offensive line, the tight ends over there, just exploding with celebration and I mean that kind of created an energy that went on for the rest of practice because right after that that was the last rep of that drill they went into team drills they kind of like at the red zone and the offense and defense were just going at it so it made for a really competitive and fun practice like I said earlier I think the chippiness can be a really good thing for Florida State as long as it doesn't get escalated to you know a level that's too far. And Mike Norvell kind of echoed the same thing after practice. You know, he likes some of that chippiness, but at the same time, he doesn't want it to get too far once the whistle is blown. So overall, I mean, despite the rain and everything, very physical competitive practice for Florida State. And I think it just shows the, the quality of practices that they've been putting together, you know, since spring practice began earlier this month. I love it.
0: I love it. Starting to not like each other when you're hitting the same dude over and over again, same uniform, you're ready to hit someone that is not in the same garnet and gold or white, whatever you're wearing It gets old after a while. So that's going to happen. I think it also creates a lot of respect from Jared verse to Jaheim bell and vice versa. Those guys, you know, standout athletes we know that and some big size dudes but that's what you hope for you know you got a guy coming from the sec that size and caliber tight in going against jared verse you already know what he is monster like and sign me up i mean i'd i'd pay for it i'd pay to watch some more of that but yeah mike I norvell
2: and the coaches I'm, I'm pretty sure they absolutely love that because <laughs> not <laughs> many people can that. walk up get down and challenge jared verse like that
0: Nope, there hasn't been a lot of them. There has not been a lot of them. But let's go to Jared Verse too. What have you seen from him, Dustin? Because I keep reading and keep hearing, getting texts, Jared Verse looking damn good, and I think it's because he's fully healthy again. That's that's got to be it because you know we would see little teeny tiny flashes after his in- injury, but whenever I saw that brace off to start off spring camp, I was like, "Uh oh, you are in trouble." Whichever offensive lineman. You're in because he's he's trying to get better, man. He he wants to be yep. a top ten pick next season, and there's a reason why he came back. He's not here to play around, and we know that in practices and in games. But to see him take it to that next level, like you were saying earlier in the show, Dustin, that's scary for college football and opponents in the ACC.
2: Yeah, I think being <clears throat> being fully healthy is something that has definitely helped him out. But he also came back to Florida State. You know, instead of going to the NFL, where he could be making millions of dollars in about a month. He decided to come back to FSU to push himself a level further to guarantee being um, a, fir- a first-round pick. And with that has come a renewed focus, I feel like, on technique and fundamentals. You know, he's had a taste now of going through an ACC schedule, playing FBS football, playing against SEC teams, LSU, Florida. He has a taste. He knows what to expect in 2023 out of Florida State schedule. I think that's another thing that's going to help him through his uh, preparation as he prepares to play even more snaps than he did a year ago. You know, it's – he's been a freak so far during uh, practices just yesterday. You know, absolutely – outside of that rep against Jaheim Bell, he pretty much dominated that practice a couple times, just got right through Darius Washington like it was nothing. And it's been very impressive to to see, to say the least – one guy that also had a big day, we were talking about him
0: earlier when Pokey was on here with us, but Kentron Portier, I was reading, had a really nice grab. The best grab might have been one of his best practices, if not his best, since arriving at Florida State. Man, if Kentron could get things clicking inside this offense, you know Mike Norvell really likes him. He puts him in some good opportunities inside that offense, and I think J-Trav likes going to him quite a bit. But Kentron, to me, I think is, if I'm looking at physical size, stature, and everything, he looks like an NFL wide receiver, in my yeah. opinion. He's kind of, I don't want to say, just something that just came up to me, like almost the physical build of like a Mike Evans almost. He, he's, he's just got the size to him that whenever you're up near him, you're like, damn, this is a big boy at the wide receiver that you can put on the outside. You put him inside. That's just kind of what you could do with portier.
2: He's a playmaker. Uh, when you look at it last year, I believe he averaged the most yards per reception for Florida State in 2022. I mean, this was a guy, whenever a quarterback was looking deep, they were uh, more often than not targeting Kentron or Johnny Wilson or a guy like that who, you know, when you look at Kentron, all of six foot four over 200 pounds, he's really started to figure out how to use that frame and make it an advantage against smaller defensive backs. I mean, even yesterday, the catch that he made over um, AZ, who's, you know, a legit six-foot, six-foot-one, maybe even pushing six-foot-two. Not a small cornerback, but Kentron skied up. I mean, it was an NFL catch. Uh, Had the There was a bunch of recruits out there and high school coaches and everything, and I always like to, whenever they have the practices inside, this happened during one-on-ones, Logan knows. I like to go down there, stand in the corner right there and get a really good picture of it um, right in front of the guys and, and where the reps are happening. So Kentron right in front of me, I mean, just skies over AZ and makes just, just a crazy catch. And I was like, man, was that a good catch? And I look to my right and like five high school recruits are just sitting there mouths wide open. <laughs> and, and I look over at the Jumbotron to get the replay. I mean, man, just an absolutely insane play from a Tron so if he can continue to do that over the back half of camp I think Florida State you got to really like what you have in that wide receiver room not only with some of the guys coming back that really proved themselves last year you know like Johnny Wilson but a guy like him and Darion and you know Winston Wright getting involved after he wasn't able to play last year a ton of potential in that wide receiver room and I'm you know I'm not, not even talking about Dre Jacobs in that sentence I about to say they can just start
0: calling that Jumbotron the Kentron <laughs> I mean, why not? he keeps on making those plays. Or you
2: call him Jumbotron. (laughs) He's going to jump that that damn eye to make a catch i mean
0: yeah no I, I i we see it a ton during practices i just want to see him fully healthy if he's fully healthy then he's going to be probably one of florida state's biggest like breakout guys that not a lot of people talk about at least in the fan base they don't really talk about him as much as also there's a lot of other names in that room that impressed last year but kentron could be someone that could literally explode in front of this fan base and dope this next year so we just got to see him stay healthy I want to mention, to a few players. Let's start with Ayobami Tafase. He shows up to practice wearing 91, uh, him and Braden Fisk. I guess IO had to hand off the jersey and give it to Fisk. I don't know if that was in the transfer contract for Fisk because now it feels like college football is like NFL now. Maybe something was worked out there to get that jersey number, but IOs is wearing Robert Cooper's old number in 91. But good to see Ayobami Tafase first off back practices, didn't get to see him in the early parts of spring, but uh, you know, size wise, you never, you never get disappointed, but it's just depending if he's going to allow himself to, you know, learn and, and get better, be coachable and everything around that. But seemed like he had a few flashes here and there on Tuesday, d
2: It was funny because I actually asked um one of the Florida State SIDs today about, him being a 91, and they promptly informed me that that happened in January. And I was like, oh, wow, maybe I'm not as detail-oriented as I thought that I am in my day-to-day life. So that actually happened about three months ago, Logan. But, yeah, Tafasi hard. showed a couple uh, signs yesterday, especially during one-on-ones. I mean, he was able to put Casey Roddick on his back. So, I mean, you're still seeing the raw power there, and now it's just about the technique. And, I mean, working your way up that depth chart that has so many – Talented guys in it, it's crazy.
0: Mm, yeah, and I want to end it off here too with a guy that we saw have strides throughout. Really, fall in my opinion was Daniel Lyons. Yep, he's gonna be a he's gonna be a problem eventually. I mean, he 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 might be one in twenty twenty three. Might get a little real good sneak peek. He got playing time in twenty twenty two Lou, but you know, just watching practices, a guy that does really well in one-on-ones going against about anybody. Odell Higgins has a youngster
2: with, with a lot of firepower behind him. Yep. And he was another guy that was getting a lot of love yesterday, you know, doing some team drills down there on the goal line. I think the offense was on the one or two yard line and trying to just run up the middle, get a touchdown. Daniel Lyon just pops right through the offensive guard and lays out a running back for, I think, a four yard loss. And The offense had to end up, I believe, settling for a field goal on that particular drive. And at the beginning of the practice, um, Logan, you know how they kind of start off with two-minute offense slash like a tempo drill where they really just try to go as fast as they possibly can um, down the field. And he was getting a ton of pressure on Jordan Travis. Last play of the drive, j Trav went deep. But, I mean, the pocket was wide open, and if it was a game, Lions – might have broke Jordan Travis's ribs. I mean, he was right there to deliver an absolute kill shot on Travis, but green jersey.
0: Green jersey, and this raises a great conversation on YouTube asking which offensive lineman has stood out during spring camp because obviously FSU fans do not want to hear about offensive line coming (laughs) in to absolutely shatter their star (laughs) Heisman-esque Hopeful quarterback with Jordan Travis. Someone's got to be there, hopefully, to start blocking these guys. But who was maybe stood out to you? I was reading, reading Austin something I do to our wonderful editor in chief. You know, we don't want to give him too much praise, Austin. I will agree with you on that. He gets a little too much. So, but reading from his observations piece about Keandre Jones being more hands on, being a leader, which I think is great, great for a transfer to show that kind of attitude and mentally, mental coming into a program like Florida State to have that. Mm-hmm. But who has stood out to you, D. Lou, with this question about the offensive line standing out during spring camp?
2: I would really say all three of the transfers have done different things to separate themselves so far. Um, Tuesday wasn't the best day for Casey Roddick. He was getting a little bit more time at center, and at times there were some snapping issues there. But whenever we've seen him – Working at guard, I mean, I've been really impressed for him to be able to move at that size, especially when Florida State runs screens and things like that. He's one of the guys that's getting out there, getting the body on a DB or linebacker in space, and that's a coveted attribute. I feel like for an offensive lineman, Jeremiah Byer is probably the most physically imposing guy so far, and you know he's had some really fun battles with Jared Verse as well as some of the other defensive ends. I think he might end up being Florida State's best offensive lineman in 2023. I'm comfortable saying that as of right now. And then Jones, you know, some flashes there as well. But like you said, it, it really impressed me. A guy who's only yesterday was his seventh practice at Florida State. And during one of those individual drills where the offensive line was working by itself, you know, we had players, you just had players stepping up and doing reps of a certain drill. I mean, I can't really get into a ton of detail about it but there was one player a younger player on the roster who was struggling to do the drill correctly and coach Atkins was having the player do it again and again he wanted to get a quality rep out of there and then Keandre Jones unprompted stepped from the back of the group and came up and got next to the player and kind of demonstrated the footwork the hand movement that coach Atkins was looking for and then I mean it didn't happen on the next rep, but I believe the rep after that, the younger player finally got it and, you know, did did something that satisfied Coach Atkins. But it was just really impressive for me. The guy who just got here a couple of months ago, transferred from Auburn, who's still learning the system himself, to be able to step up and do that says a lot about his character and his um, comfortability so far at Florida State.
0: One last thing. Anthony's asking here on YouTube, how are y'all feeling about the safeties? And I noted on here too, with Shaheem Brown starting to get back fully healthy. He's able to participate and uh, to his caliber that he wants to, because you know, I I think very highly of Shaheen Brown. I think it's gonna be a guy that Will be a starter for four State. He will start for Force State in twenty twenty three. Put it down now. Hot takes. I don't even know if it's a hot take or a bold take. I think Shaheen Brown's too special to take off that field. Definitely with what Jamie was telling us last month on the podcast, but specifically him coming back into practices now. Now we've got some good competition brewing right here because Akeem Dent. You've got a Marion Cooper who bell yeah. has talked highly of transitioning from that cornerback spot over to safety. Which Travis is Jay. big. And then you've got Travis J. So you've got four guys. Who's gonna be your starters? And I think it's Shaheem Brown and whoever's gonna to compete to be the next one, or whoever fits that scheme better. But nonetheless, you're gonna to have to pick two out of those four. I'm I'm you know, I now I know I think that safety discussion is going to ramp up now that Shaheem's back in that rotation.
2: They're getting better and better. I feel like the consistency has been coming on a little bit stronger um, since the team returned from spring break. Yesterday was probably Shaheen Brown's most active day um, so far, you know, making plays and, and one-on-ones and seven-on-seven and team. Wherever the ball was, he was uh, getting around it and being a little chippy too, to to say the least. And, no you know, Cooper, I feel like he's handling that transition to safety pretty well. Another guy who's gotten better as of late, um, the true freshman KJ Kirkland has really been flashing a lot. I've been impressed with him early in spring practice. And, you know, remember Akeem Dent, Mike Norvell spoke about him after tour of duty and mentioned he was working his way back from a foot injury. So I think he's still trying to get to 100%. But, I mean, we all know the type of football that Akeem Dent has provided for to state over the last couple of years. So I feel like at the very least, you know, if he doesn't earn a starting role, he's someone that's going to play um, – Still a huge role in that backfield for Florida State, maybe like Shaheem Brown did a year ago. But, I mean, we'll see how that goes. A lot of talent there. Travis J has been making some plays. So, I mean, it's just tough to see. Uh, it's just tough to kind of see the full picture at this moment. But, I mean, a really competitive battle between those guys at this point.
0: Well, VZ, you get to end us off here on some basketball. I do I mean I can name off the pro day guys real quick if we want to. I don't think we need to jump into a discussion on it, but why not? On Friday. I mean we can on, on yeah. Yeah. So Florida State's gonna hold their Pro Day Friday morning. Dilu, did you say that you were going to be there for that? So you can give us some awesome analysis. Me and Tommy
2: will be at pro day, and I'm planning to be at the pre-pro day tomorrow, where we get to talk to all of these fine gentlemen.
0: Absolutely, yeah. One of those being our former Hear the Spear guest, Jamie Robinson.
2: Multiple will be- former guests.
0: Yeah, former our former Hear the Spear guest, loyal one too, Jamie Robinson. We'll also be hearing from Dylan Gibbons, Robert Cooper, Cam McDonald, former loyal. Here's a spear guest, Ontario Wilson, former former oil spear guest. Starting to starting to kind of build a list here. I'm I'm liking this. Uh, we got Jarquez McLellian, Wyatt Rector, Jazden Turnentine, Leonard Warner, and we've got on uh, walk on wide receiver Mike Rustos. as I say that last name correctly, everybody? I don't know. I don't even know if even the people in the comments will be able to tell me. So. Oh well, can't not tell sure me what it is. What's what's not.
2: Pronunciation guide for you. Yeah,
0: we might. Yeah, you find that for us. I'm sure we really need to dive into that to figure that out. Uh, just real quick, I think guys that should try to have a big, big uh, pro day since they didn't get to go to the NFL Combine. I think Dylan Gibbons is one of those guys who I think is going to get an opportunity after the draft is over, and he's going to have an opportunities to pick w- between a few teams, in my opinion. Uh, depending on you know where he wants to go and such, but I think his consistency leadership off the field you add on you know being able to stay on the field this last season two, leadership capabilities if he has a good pro day and things mix in well and he's able to talk to some more scouts and such coaches yada 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 i think things he's going to have a lot of good opportunities there for him and i think guy that we just had on here ontario wilson showing his speed On Friday should be very fun. Dustin, I wouldn't even try doing a stopwatch for him. I don't know how (laughs) fast it's gonna be, but I'm seriously thinking Ontario Wilson could be in those low and like the low four fours. I I think he's like probably mid four fours, but he's gonna have a good four four time in my opinion. I, I just think Dylan Gibbons, Ontario Wilson, and maybe even Cam McDonald, those those three guys need to have I think they have the most potential, and I think an NFL time NFL team could really utilize their talents. I think Gibbons is a guy that a a system could really, he could stick around with a team for a while, just of you know, a lot of different things, a lot of things that he could bring to a team, but that's my analysis. Jamie, I think he's fine. You know, he told me that he's going to get drafted. Yeah. He's going (laughs) to, he's going to get drafted and do his thing, but he doesn't need to do much more. I just want him to stay healthy.
2: Yeah. I pretty much agree with that. I would, I would add Robert Cooper, to um, the mix as well as someone that could get a shot as an undrafted free agent. And then, I mean, maybe this maybe sounds crazy to you guys, but maybe Wyatt Rector. I mean, look at what he did on, uh, on special teams at Florida State. That's a huge thing in the NFL with only 53 active players on rosters. I mean, you're looking for, you know, outside of your top stars, most guys on the roster are contributing to a special teams unit or multiple units. And, I mean, that could be huge for someone like him who had a lot of success there for Florida State in 22. And then Jasson Turnatine, maybe, a guy who has NFL size. We'll see how he's doing after that injury he suffered back during uh, the Cheez-It Bowl.
3: I'm hoping Jamie can use this pro day as a a chance to solidify him being a day-two pick. Um, I think we all think he will be, but, you know, he did really well at the combine. Just hope he can keep doing well in these these pro days and then the interviews. To your point about Gibbons, you know, that's a guy that's going to do really well in interviews. And he was arguably Florida State's the most consistent lineman uh, these last couple of seasons. So you'd like to see him get a shot in the later rounds. But uh, I do agree, Logan. I think he's going to be a guy that goes, ends up going numb drafted, but has his pick of where to go.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, let's jump into some basketball. VZ. I know transfer portal is now massive. And this time Leonard Hamilton has no arguing about it anymore. I mean, they've got to figure out something here. And you got to start liking NIL, Leonard. You got to start doing it during your last season. I mean, you know, could have some more seasons, but gotta, gotta get with the ways my man got to get with them.
3: It, but it, it's the transfer world is huge. I think there's 1200 players in the portal right now and not a single one has entered from Florida state side, which I think is the most surprising thing. You know, you'd expect after a nine and 23 season that, you know, a few guys would enter the portal. We just haven't seen it. Uh, Florida state's one of, I think only four ACC teams that doesn't have someone in the portal. It's, Florida State, it's Florida State, Duke, I forget the other two. Um, it's, it's just interesting, you know, after, after this terrible season, you, you expect someone to go and just hasn't seen it yet. But at the same time, they've, they've contacted numerous amounts of people. I, th- I think the list is up to 13 that I put in Discord yesterday. Um, some notable ones being Temple's Cleef Battle, uh, Delaware's Jameer Nelson Jr., high point Zach Austin, Arizona State, CJ Horn. Those are the kind of four I'm keeping my eyes on right now. I know they've had um, some pretty serious contact with LaSalle's Josh Nickelberry, me and him talked for a little bit. Um, I have a feeling he's going to be visiting Florida State soon. It seems like their Zoom call went pretty well earlier in the week, but it's a lot quieter on Florida State side than we're expecting because there's there's teams out there like Florida and Arkansas and Auburn that are after seemingly every single transfer. And right now, Florida State's just after – uh these 13 guys it's kind of kind of surprising but we'll, we'll see what happens T- to your point logan uh they're gonna have to use nil seriously because the guys they have contacted are, every big schools after them as well and it's going to take something serious to convince them to come to tallahassee after the season florida state london hamilton had they're gonna so, someone have to convince them and it's not going to be just playing time
2: just where are they going to get the support is my question i guess
3: yeah, that's. I think that's what's I mean, on everybody's at, mind.
2: Look at how long it took football to really get things up and running.
3: And, you know, Battles ends only football right now. That's one of the big things, I think, that if, if basketball could find a way to take just even a small piece of that pie, it'd be huge. But uh, as of right now, I don't see that happening. But they need it. They desperately need it. Because right now, I think they're just, in the, you know, most of the guys on the team are just getting the local food sponsorships and things like that.
2: Yeah. Just kind of like the basic stuff. It's just wild to me, you know. 13 scholarship players still on the team after only winning nine games last season. What I guess whenever you're looking at it from your perspective, I know it's kind of hard to make sense of, but if you can put a thought on it for why no one has left Florida State yet, I mean, what what do you think is the best reasoning, best answer?
3: So I know they stayed in Greensboro an extra day after the ACC tournament. Then they get back and it's spring break. So then everybody goes home for the week. So I know they were doing player interviews once they got back, but you know it's been a week plus since spring break. So at, at this point, I really do not know. I kind of I'm I'm wondering if the coaching staff's waiting to see what the transfer portal develops into to see what the quality looks like before they start telling guys, yeah, you need to go. But guys need to go. Um it's <laughs> there's there's only so much you can internally improve on a nine and twenty three season. Some guys gotta go. And there's there's no seniors. The guy that you thought the two guys that you thought were going pro, Matthew Cleveland and Baba Miller, probably didn't do enough this season to go pro. So they're I think they're likely to stick around at this point. Well especially I'm more confident in Baba than I am Cleveland. Um I don't I I really don't know. I don't know what why they're waiting so long. Um I'm sure there's a good reason for it. And and maybe by the time this podcast comes out, it's already outdated and someone's entered. But uh who knows, really. Who knows?
2: It's tough, a, a very weird situation for Florida, State, for Florida State, especially when you look at how rampant the transfer portal has become. I mean, you would think that a multitude of guys would have entered weeks ago whenever Florida State season ended, like we've seen from other programs. I, I think you've I mentioned it before. Full
3: expecting, I was fully expecting, you know, the loss of Georgia Tech, they're up. I haven't been on since the ACC tournament, that's how long it's been, Um that loss to Georgia Tech they're up the entire game and just collapsed in the final minutes i was fully expecting by the time they got back to the hotel someone went under <laughs> the transfer portal um it just, it just didn't happen um, and and here we are 3 weeks out still haven't heard anything
2: it's mind blowing i don't i don't think there's anything else that you can say about it <laughs> it's
3: messed it, up it's, it's been an interesting offseason to to put it lightly <laughs>
2: Nothing's okay. happened. What do you mean? <laughs> that, that's why it's interesting.
0: It makes no sense. <laughs> it's an interesting because nothing's happened.
2: Yeah, like anything we is
3: entertaining to be easy. We we were expecting all this motion, especially the way Coach Hamilton's been talking in the media. You know, oh, I should have I should used the transfer portal better. I should have, right? You know, d- been better with the construction of this roster, and we're kind of just sitting around. Just
2: yeah, the chill. most the most interesting thing to happen related to Florida State basketball. Is probably CY not taking the temple job.
3: Well she was offered it. Uh, and he's at Missouri, was,
2: he's not at Florida State.
3: Yeah. He he was offered the temple job. He was named yesterday it came out he was named a finalist for the temple job between him and Penn State's assistant coach. I forget his name off the top of my head. I had it and then I lost it. Um I don't remember either. I, I was, I'm ashamed of myself. Uh but then this this afternoon it comes out that he's been offered the job and is expected to make a decision in 24 hours. And then not even I want to say 20 minutes later, a report came out saying he turned it down because the uh, president of Temple had stepped down. It's uh it was interesting to say the least. You know, it, it wouldn't be CY's first opportunity. I know some people think it would be, but he was the head coach at his alma mater, at Georgia Southern, you know, a while ago, before he ended, you know, being assistant for Florida State and now the associate head coach at Missouri. I was surprised to hear he was a finalist for the Temple job. Just because he's been Southeast his entire career, you know, I figured he if he was going to take a job, he'd take, you know, a job similar to What he had at Georgia Southern or maybe like a USF or something like that. Um, to hear him in the running for Temple and then get offered the Temple job was very surprising to me. And I think it's going to work out for him in the best. Honestly, he's going to be able to. Get one more year, in Missouri. Get one more year of getting those connections in a different part of the region of U.S. That's not Atlanta, where it's, it's where he's made his living. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's going to benefit him, just get him even more ready for whatever that next head coaching opportunity is.
2: Well, you know, it's funny the Kennesaw State job just opened up earlier today.
3: Yeah, that might be that might be too small. You think? I mean, Kennesaw State's Atlantic Sun, which you know. 80% of the people listening don't even know what the ASUN conference is. Um, it's a very, very small conference. It's where Florida Gulf Coast plays in, UNF, Jax, JU. I
2: was going to say, I didn't Florida State lose to a team in that conference. Yeah, uh, I mean. Florida State fans I mean, should know who they
3: are. <laughs> yeah, but they they know the te- they may know the team. They don't know the conference. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, I, I, that might be a little too small. Granted, it is, you know, just north of Atlanta. So, you know, if you want to go back home. And coming off the tournament and they're coming off a really good, really good experienced team that experienced major turnaround. You know, it was a big story that four years ago they won just one game and here they are in the tournament. Um, great story. I'm not I'm not surprised that that coach took a better job, but I, I think that uh, might be t- a little to too the, small at school.
2: They went to USF, so pump the brakes.
3: I mean, it's more money. <laughs> which for a while the USF job was rumored to be Mike Bray, which Bray. blew my mind when that rumor came out. I was like, huh?
0: Hmm. Well, is that it, the end for the basketball talk? Because I know that we're exciting people right now. We're rambling. We, we, we yeah, are jumping in views. That's it's all I had. We're, we're skyrocketing. We are skyrocketing. You,
3: all of this is if you want the fullest of people, Florida State's contacted. I put it in Discord. I put it on Twitter yesterday. Um, may make it into an article. We'll see.
0: Yep. Make sure you guys go tune in to the Discord. I think that's going to wrap it up for this evening, though. Appreciate big time. Pokey Wilson joining us on the show. Great interview. Happy to have him on. Wishing him the best of luck going through pro day on Friday and then going through everything further, getting himself and bringing his talents into the league. So great interview there. As always, appreciate everybody hopping on here at listening to the show. Before you leave, if you're on YouTube right now, if you've stayed this long, hit that like button and let us know that you were hanging with us. Definitely appreciate everyone this evening. As always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Make sure you're tuned everywhere right now. Socials are going wild, so make sure you're following us on everything at Null Game Day. Everybody, have a great rest of y'all's week and we will talk to you guys next Wednesday after Florida State wraps up its second scrimmage on Saturday. Peace.
1: let no.